Uh, you notice I don't have my normal notes up here, but since I'm going to be gone next Sunday and it, Will is actually starting sooner than I expected, I had a sermon that I was going to prepare. And uh, don't think bad of me, but I had to jot down my ideas during Sunday school, so I wasn't even paying attention in Sunday school. Um, and so this is something that I don't normally do. I'm kind of shooting from the hip here. But um, you have a new pastor coming. Uh, a young man, his first pastorate, his first opportunity to pastor a church to shepherd God's people. And what I want to give you this morning is ways that you can support your new pastor. So uh, I want to see everybody with notepaper and pen out because some of these you can do and you should do. And you need to do these to support your new pastor. And the first thing I want to say is, uh, and don't take this in a bad way, you need to forget about me. Okay? It's going to be difficult for a new man coming in to establish himself as pastor if people are talking about my preaching or something that I did or something like that, you need to completely forget about me. Not that we can't be friends or we can't fellowship, but what I have been doing here is a function of the pastoral office that is feeding God's people. You will now have a new man to feed you, to preach and teach you from God's word. So you need to forget about me. Okay? and focus your attention on the new man coming in. All right, turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13, chapter 10, verse 25. The first way to support a new pastor, the first way to encourage him in the ministry, to help him succeed in the ministry, is simply... Be here. Attend as many of the services of the church that is possible. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and notice this, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The way to support a new man in the ministry, a way to support any pastor who comes into a church, and it's a, it's a new church for him, is simply to attend. Let me tell you, from a pastoral perspective, there is nothing worse than spending 40 hours on a Sunday morning message, studying typing it up, meditating over it, praying over it, and coming into a church that normally has 50 people attending and 15 or 20 people show up. Ladies, what would you think about your husband after you have, you've, you've, you've gotten a new recipe? You have spent hours working this recipe, cooking, getting a meal ready, and he calls and he says, maybe he doesn't even call. I made that mistake a couple times. I'm not going to be there. 
for dinner. What happens to your heart? You love your husband. You put the effort into this. You've worked, prepared it, and then he's not there to enjoy it. Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. And the only way you're going to be fed is if you're here. Attend every service that you can. Be faithful. Now, as I was pastoring, I would be, and I, I didn't prepare a sermon with somebody in mind. Okay, I never did that. But oftentimes I would be preparing a sermon and somebody would come to mind and I would think, boy, they really do need this because you knew what was going on in their lives. And then they're not there. Quickest way to discourage a pastor is to be unfaithful to the services of the church. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. I believe it is. No, let's have this wrong. It's Ephesians 6, 19. Ephesians 6, 19. Like I said, I was putting this together during Sunday school, so I may have been forgetting the verses. Notice what it says, verse 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In other words, pray for one another. Now here's Paul. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now there's, that's a whole other sermon about how to pray for your pastor. But to help your new pastor... You need to pray for him. Pray that God would give him wisdom, discernment, understanding as he studies the word of God, as he prepares his messages. Pray that God would give him that same wisdom, discernment, and understanding in counseling with people. Pray for your pastor. Pray for his health. Pray for his physical needs. Pray for his spiritual needs. He has to grow spiritually just like the rest of us do. Pray for Will. Pastor Will. I'm sorry, that disrespectful. It's Pastor Will now. Pray for Pastor Will. And not just pray for him. Come and pray with him. Pray with him. At the height of the problems that I was having down at the church where I was pastoring, a man came in. He stood in the doorway of my office. He says, Pastor Searles, I know you've got the bull by the horns. Let's pray. We knelt at the chairs in front of my desk and he prayed with me through the problems that we were facing 
you talk about energizing a man to continue in the fight for right and truth, it took a half hour out of his day. But boy, I tell you what, what it did for me for months that there was a man who understood what I was going through and took the time out of his day to come and pray with me. Don't just pray with Pastor Will during tough times. Go in and pray with him just for normal services and for people to be saved and for people to be encouraged and grow in the Lord. Pray with uh, Pastor Will. And I can't see. I'm sorry. This next one has a few verses to it. Turn to Philippians 127. Philippians 127. Out of everything I give you, this is probably the most important. Because you're not doing just this just for Pastor Will. This is something you're doing for the Lord. But what an encouragement to a new pastor when people do this. Philippians 1.27 says, Only let your conduct... That's okay. No, that's fine. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Because <laughs> I know what it was like as I took on my first church, and some of this is what I wish I would have had. Only let your conduct be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Take a look at um, Ephesians 4.1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation to which ye are called. And you recall what um, John said in 3 John, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And then Titus 2.10, and then I'll tie all this together. Titus chapter 2 and verse 3. 10, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. The idea here in Titus 2.10 that God's people are to decorate the gospel with their lives. They are to make the gospel look attractive. Basically, they are to live the gospel. What does that mean? We, we, we understand what the gospel is, but what is, what is the gospel about? The gospel is about love. The gospel is about forgiveness. The gospel is about unity. Live the gospel. Live the truth that Brother Will, Pastor Will, will be preaching. So in other words, one of the greatest things you can do to encourage Pastor Will 
is to live the truth, live the gospel, and grow spiritually. And let him know how you're growing spiritually. Let him know that his sermons are impacting your life and there's change going on in your life because of what he is proclaiming, because what he is feeding you week after week after week. It's discouraging to a pastor to preach Sunday after Sunday after Sunday and see no change in the congregation. That is discouraging. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, 17. There's a lot in this verse. Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for who? For Pastor Will? It's unprofitable for you guys, for us. The idea here is submit to the leadership of your pastor. Submit to his, his guidance. Follow his leadership. Why? Realize that he has to give an account to God. He's the one who's going to have to answer. And, and folks, realize the burden that is now upon Pastor Will to watch for your souls. And let me tell you, that's a burden. Just this past week, I was thinking of a man in my very first ministry, wondering, how's he doing? You never lose that pastor's heart. The burden for people is constantly upon you. And Pastor Will will look out from this pulpit week after week after week, and he will be burdened for you as he watches for your soul. And so the thing that I would say to you is this. Make it easy for him. Make it easy for him. And realize that if you're fighting, if you're not submitting, you're not following his leadership. I'm not talking about a dictator-type leader here. I'm talking about loving, servant-type leadership, which I'm sure Pastor Will will do. If you fight that, realize he's got to give an account, and it will not be profitable for you. So attend, pray, live the gospel, submit to his leadership, Number five, support him. Support him. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 17. And I know you'll do this. You've, I've already seen this. 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. So support him financially. Galatians 6, 6 says the same thing. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 6. Let him who is taught in the word share with him that teacheth in all good things. That's just not just money, but, you know, one of those ducks you shot, share it with Pastor Will. Okay. Um, 
apples, apple cider. You share. You share. Help him in the ministry by supporting him financially. Be the kind of men and women who will hold up his, his hands like, is it Aaron and Hur did for Moses? Hold up his hands. Be there for him. The ministry is tiresome. It'll wear a man out. You'll get physically tired. The worst day for me was Monday mornings after having preached all day on Sunday, ministering and pouring myself out into people. Mondays, you just want them to quit. That's why a lot of pastors take Mondays off to recharge. They're rough days, rough days. Hold up his hands. Get behind him. Get behind his vision for this church. Support him financially. Have his family over for dinner so that, I forgot her name, Lisa. So that Lisa can get a break once in a while, too. And we've seen that, Ginger and I, in this church. But it doesn't mean you can't do it better. So have the family over for dinner. By the way, as you're attending church and listening to, I told you my notes are all over the place here, so forgive me. As you're attending and you're listening to the sermons and he's feeding your soul, listen attentively. I'll tell you what, I can think of a couple people while I was preaching, every time they would fall asleep, I mean, it's awful. I mean, it's, te it's terrible. This man is going to labor. Put, I, I spent 40 hours on a morning message. He's going to labor for 40 hours. And you're going to fall asleep while he's trying to feed your soul? Listen, take notes. You know what? I, I, I love what Brother Stephen does when I'm preaching. He probably doesn't even realize he's doing it. He will lean forward in his seat with anticipation and eagerly soak in what I'm preaching. That's what you need to do for Pastor Will. Don't fall asleep. After we had our situation down there in Lewistown, there was a woman in the church who made a point she was one of the disgruntled she was of the disgruntled group who left she made my 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 life miserable as i was preaching because she would sit right here second row and she would just shake her head no at me while i was preaching and she was taking notes so she could share it with the people who had left to let them know what I was doing. Don't do that. Don't shake your head no at the preacher. You got a problem with something he preached? Talk to him privately. Talk to him privately.
next. Pastor Will will be a man who will need fellowship. He's come from some bigger churches. He's had like-minded men around him. But he's going to need fellowship. I had a man in the church. I drove a truck and delivered grain. And uh, I went to the ethanol plants and picked up stuff for their cattle. I can't remember what it was called, but anyway. We would, after I delivered that load, we would stand on the concrete pad and fellowship for two hours. And he would say what he was learning from my sermons. We would talk about a sermon. He would tell me what he was reading in his devotions. A lot of people get the idea that once a man becomes a pastor, you can't fellowship with him anymore. And I can tell you that the sweetest times I've had was with a man in the church who disregarded that advice and said, let's talk about God. Let's talk about Christ. What do you think about this passage, Pastor? This is what I've been reading in this book. This is what I've been learning from this passage of Scripture. Oh, by the way, your sermon on Sunday, man, that point, and, and fellowship with him, koinonia fellowship, not just talking about sports or the weather or hunting or fishing, and I didn't say that because you guys were talking about hunting, but talk about things that matter. Talk about things which will encourage his soul. Be a Jonathan to a David. Remember what it was said about Jonathan? That he encouraged David's heart, what? In the Lord. Fellowship with him. Fellowship with him. Talk to him. Get to know him. Next, trust his discernment. Now, this is a difficult one in today's age, but trust Pastor Will's discernment. There are so many books you can read, so many people whose sermons you can listen to. Uh, they talked about, I did catch a little bit of Sunday school about discernment, about the radio and, and, and YouTube and, and the Internet and everything. Trust Pastor Will's discernment about who to read, what books to read, and what sermons, who to listen to. And if he warns the congregation to stay away from some book or some person, trust his discernment. Trust his discernment. Next, some of you in this congregation are going to need to learn how to play chess. Take an interest in Pastor Will personally. He may not be an outdoorsman type guy. He's going to be the kind of guy who wants to sit across the table with a chessboard in between. Take an interest in him personally. Take an interest in what's important to him.
next. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4 is the institution of the office of deacon. It doesn't mean that just a deacon, Brother Mike, is the only one who can do this. But take care of his physical needs, but more importantly, take care of the physical needs of the church so that he can devote himself to what? What's he supposed to devote himself to, Brother Stephen? Preaching of the word and prayer, to the ministry of the word and prayer. Take care of that stuffed toilet in the bathroom so he doesn't have to. Take care of setting the temperature in the church so he doesn't have to. Take care of making sure the doors are open so he doesn't have to. Take care of a mess on the carpet so he doesn't have to. Take care of the physical needs of the plant, the church, the widows, so that he doesn't have to. He can devote himself to the spiritual aspects of the church, Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, the ministry of the word and prayer. And folks, I think that might also extend to help him out with physical things at his house as well when he buys a house. Man, what a blessing it was when the roof on our home, it wasn't a parsonage, I owned it, but when the roof on our home needed to be replaced. The men of the church told me, we'll take care of it. Now I got up and helped. But they said, we'll take care of it. We'll do it. What a blessing that is to a man of God who can then devote himself to the other things that are burdening him, and that's the people and the ministry of the word. Next seems so simple. Bring lost people to church. Bring the lost here so he can preach to them, share the gospel. Bring visitors to church. Next, volunteer to go visiting with him. I had a man in the church who did that. Man, what a blessing. You know, it's so easy for a pastor to get tied up in his study, to pray, to be studying. And you get somebody knocking on your door and say, hey, pastor, do you have somebody you want to go visit? Volunteer to go visiting. Volunteer and ask him how you can serve, how you can be of a help to the church body. I've got down here buying books. You've done that already. But you know what? Every, let me say it this way, every good pastor who's going to spend some time in the Word has a book list that he's working off of. I know. I had one. Still have one. Ask him in private, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing, but ask him in private. What books are you looking to get in the near future? Give me a list. 
and then buy something off that list. Because every good pastor will have a book list. You don't have to buy everything he gives you, but buy something off of his list. Not something you think he might need or want, but ask him what he's looking for. You know, he may be planning, uh, if I was planning to preach through the book of Ephesians or 1 Peter, I would buy every good commentary on Ephesians or 1 Peter. And I had a list that I went by as to which books I could trust. He's got a list, trust me. Buy him some books. This is a hard one. You need to protect your pastor from temptation. Protect your pastor from temptation. And there are two great downfalls, big downfalls for pastors. Money and women. Protect your pastor. Don't let him handle money. I don't know what your procedures are here. When I was pastoring, I never handled especially cash. When missionaries came, we would hand them cash to buy food and groceries and gas for their vehicles, but I always had the financial secretary or the treasurer um, put the cash into sealed envelopes that I would give to the to the missionaries. I never handled, I might even have, have them give them to the missionary. I never handled cash. I never had access to the bank accounts. I never handled any of the checks. Protect your pastor from one of the greatest downfalls in the ministry, and that is siphoning off funds, or oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Embezzling, yes. One of those big words that means I'm stealing. Protect your pastor. Ladies, never ask Pastor Will to counsel you alone. Ever. I always set up the policy that if I was to counsel a woman, my wife would be there. And if it was such a nature, she could not be there. Sometimes that's possible. You know, there's a counseling situation where the person doesn't want another person to hear. The door to the study was open, and my wife was sitting on a chair outside that door where she could view what was going on. You never counsel a woman alone. Also, you need to sometimes run interference for Pastor Will. Now, this may not happen here. It happened to me, but there was a, a woman in the church, and she, the way she shook my hand, I would always stand at, the, at the, the back of the auditorium when the service was over, and she would shake my hand, and she would, one hand here and then the other hand on top, kind of rubbing my hand. And I told the deacons about it, you need to keep her away from me. And they did. Protect your pastor from temptation. There's other areas of temptation, but you need to protect your pastor from temptation. Next, let's talk about the wife, Lisa. Lisa's responsibility is not to Coloma Bible Church. Her primary responsibility 
is to her husband and children. Don't expect, ask, pressure her to be involved in some ministry in the church. Pastor Will will determine what she gets involved in, and that's the right way to do it. Amen? Keep her focused on Pastor Will and her children. Now, I know she's going to get involved in the music, okay? And she may get involved in children's ministry, but her and Pastor Will will discuss that. But don't expect her to come in and lead a ladies' Bible study, to lead a ladies' tea, to do all these things that you think a pastor's wife should do. Anyone ever hear the, the, the radio series called Pillars of the Assembly? Anyone ever hear that? Now, the new pastor in this little thing came to, to visit this, the, the two people in the church who were the pillars of the assembly. And it's kind of hilarious, but the, the, the wife was asking the, the man who's on the deacon board, well, what does the pastor's wife do? Does she play the piano? No. She play the organ? No. She play the harmonica? No. Does she do anything in the children's ministry? No. Well, what good is she then? But you know what? That's the attitude of a lot of churches. Don't let that be the attitude towards Lisa. Be aware of his family's needs, the wife and the children. Her primarily, primary responsibility is to take care of her family. So love her. If that's all that she does in the church, Love her anyway. Love her. Because that's her ministry. Okay, now a negative. Or a couple of negatives here. This comes from practical experience. On a Sunday morning, let him focus on his preaching. Don't... Don't... Uh, can't even think of the word I'm looking for. Don't confront him the moment he gets here with some problem, some counseling situation, some issue with the church, you know, the physical plant. Don't, you know, don't distract him. Don't try to get his opinion on things before he comes up here to preach. Let him focus on what God has called him to do. It's awful hard for a man to lay some of that aside and then come up here and preach. So don't confront him with issues that you think are important before he's going to preach. Wait until afterwards. Another negative, and folks, this is a big one, especially for your children. Don't talk about him in a negative way in front of people, your children, your family, your extended family, and especially with people in the community. Don't talk about him in a negative way. Also realize this. He's a young man. He's very gifted. He'll be a good pastor. 
but he is human. He is still a sinner like you and I are sinners. And he's going to make mistakes. He has weaknesses and faults. Love him through those. Ye who are spiritual, if you see something, take him aside quietly, privately, and address those issues. They will be there. He's not perfect. He doesn't walk on water. Only our Savior did that. And so realize he will make mistakes. And you know what? He'll feel bad when he does. Help him through it. And can I say this? This is just something I wrote down. It was nice to hear people as I was shaking their hands at the back of the auditorium. It was awful nice to hear people say, well, that's a good sermon. You know, that, that can become a matter of pride for some people. You know what I would have rather heard? Tell me how the sermon changed you. Tell me how the sermon is going to be incorporated into your life. You know, we hear it's a good sermon. That's a generic thing. Get specific. What point in his sermon touched your heart? What point or truth in his sermon that he shared and expounded that you're going to incorporate into your life that's going to change your life, help you become more Christ-like? And then lastly, if you have a problem with Pastor Will, handle it biblically, privately. And if you find yourself, believe me, there's going to be personality conflicts. Okay? They're going to be, maybe this won't happen here, but usually it's in more larger churches. There's personality conflicts, and some people just can't get along with a new pastor. And inevitably, what they want to do is try to drag other people with them to leave. Don't do that. If you have a problem with Pastor, pastor Will and you try to handle it uh, biblically and things just aren't going the way that they should, just leave quietly. Don't cause him a problem. Just leave quietly. Pastor Will is going to be a capable pastor. He's going to do a good job. And he needs your help and support. Nothing worse than the sheep bucking and kicking and straying and all sorts of things when he's trying to gather the sheep together, trying to feed their souls, trying to minister to them and watching for their souls. We get the idea that we know better. Men, the search is over. It's done. You've done everything that you can. It's time to now step to the background and let him, as God's man, who God put here, minister to you now. Amen? Thank you.